Welcome to an elite group of women in the Mumpreneurs Club, a podcast designed for women in business with children and social lives. Whoever said you can't have your cake and eat it too didn't listen to an episode of the Mumpreneurs Club. Hi guys, and welcome to another episode of the Mumpreneurs Club. This episode is recording version two. I was actually near the very end of the first recording when my 10-year-old son somehow managed to unlock my room door. He literally used a pen to put it through to the pin to unlock the door, came in, saw I wasn't in the main area, went through into my wardrobe, found me recording, started knocking on the wall and gesturing to me that he's hungry and needs to eat. Mate, your dad is downstairs. I literally made a public announcement to everyone in the house that I was going to go and record and his dad was downstairs. And at that moment, he just thought, oh, I'm hungry. I better go and find mum. If you have the ability to break into a house or unlock my door, surely you have the ability to make yourself a snack. And after all that, he completely just distracted me. So I stopped recording. And The way I do my podcast, my style is that it's unedited and it's unscripted. So it is always a full from beginning to end recording and I don't chop and change it and I don't edit anything out. It's just raw, whatever comes out. We just fix um, the sound and my producer just fixes things like that in terms of making the sound quality as best as possible. But other than that, there is no filtering on my recording Uh, episodes. So when he interrupted me at about 17 minutes in, I was just done. I was just annoyed. He wouldn't go away. I was trying to flag him to leave. And he was just like, but I'm hungry. I need a snack lady. So snack bitch had to stop recording. I went downstairs with him. Do you know what he wanted? A mandarin. He wanted a fucking mandarin. And his dad was sitting on the couch, watching TV and on his phone. And I interrupted his TikTok viewing and was like, Dim, why didn't you get him a mandarin? Oh, he didn't ask me. No, they don't ask you, do they? Why don't kids ask their dads for anything? And before everyone starts harping on about, ooh, that's sexist, fuck off. I don't care. That's what goes on here. I can't even record a single episode without my child coming to me and asking for a mandarin. So for anyone that thinks that that's sexist, fuck right off. That's what happens. That's my reality. Rant over. Let's get on to the episode, shall we? A lot of us had started going back to work. I know as I'm recording this, there's like 30 something cases in Victoria of coronavirus. So I'm sure that we're probably not going to be going back to any normal anytime soon. But before 
the world ended, we were starting to sort of go back out, socialise, you know, there was people only, I think there was 20 that were allowed in cafes and restaurants and we were slowly starting to venture out again and um, those that had to go back into the office or wanted to go back to the office were, I know Dan Andrews came out and said that there would be a fine of up to $100,000 for any employer that said that anyone had to go to work if they didn't have to in the office. But I know I kept it really open for my staff. I told one of the girls who was pregnant that I just didn't want them to come in. She was sort of happy to, but I just wanted to make sure I kept her well protected. So I just said, no, look, I'm actually insisting that you stay home. Everybody else, I sort of said, look, we're working really good from home. Let's just stay home because I knew that things weren't really over and I just wanted to keep everyone safe. A lot of my admin staff um, are mums and I just was very aware that mums tend to be exposed to a lot of things. I mean, kids pick up germs. So... I just didn't want to risk my office, um, you know, my staff getting sick or exposed unnecessarily. So we did pretty much stay home. But I know I sort of wanted to pop in here and there because I was really excited to just get out of the house, especially when the kids started school. And there was a few of us that did the same thing, but it was totally their choice. One thing I will note, though, and not actually in my office, but just what I've seen around I would have thought after, well, for me, it was about three or so months of being at home, I would have thought for three, two or three months, whatever it was for you, that we were in lockdown or hibernation, whatever you want to call it, living in comfy clothes, pyjamas, activewear, leggings, whatever. I would have thought that we would like to venture out and actually wear some proper clothes, and dare I say it, pants. No, not the case. Everybody that I was seeing out and about that was clearly working literally looked like they have given up on life. And look, I understand that coronavirus has caused a lot of mental and emotional strain and people's mental well-being is not really great right now and I, and that can affect how you look but it shows I just want to say it really shows and it's so weird because I was listening to a podcast the other day and it was almost coincidental because this was just my inside thoughts I didn't really actually voice it with anyone it was just something I was observing and I noticed that people are just really not getting dressed up and people really just don't want to break up with their ISO clothes. And funnily enough, there was an episode I was listening to yesterday that was talking about dressing up and discrimination at the workplace. And a few callers were saying, calling in and saying, you know, when I was uh, working in the 90s, I was told that I had to wear high heels and my feet would really hurt and it was really sexist and my boss made me do it. And another one said, I was told, um, do you know what? It wouldn't hurt to put some lipstick on so that it looks like you're making an effort. And all these, you know, so-called horror stories of what bosses were saying. And look, some of them are sexist and some of them are, you know, not right. I remember years ago, Lorna Jane 
the activewear brand got into a lot of trouble because when she was interviewing for potential um, employees, she would ask them for their size. And the whole reason she did that was her her side of it was that she was saying, well, look, my brand is about active fit people and I wanted to make sure that those that were working for the brand were representing what my brand meant. And she got into heaps of shit because, and I want to just add in there, I agree that it was wrong what she did because I know a lot of people that don't fit into your size 10 to 12 and they're extremely fit. I am a size six, but my mum, who's like a size 16 to 18, was fitter than me. She can walk longer than I can. She has more endurance and strength than I do. So it has absolutely nothing to do with size determining how fit you are. I think that that's ridiculous. But I also understand on a marketing side of things that people are visual. And we see it a lot with Instagram, although I'm happy to say it's getting a lot better. But when you usually look at influencers, they're all sort of one mould and they all sort of fit a mould. And that's what we expect to see and that's what we want to see. And I think it's really stupid. I'm really, really glad that we're seeing a difference and we're seeing real women showing what clothes look like because I personally want to see what an outfit looks like on someone that has a similar body to me or, you know, my girlfriend wants to see what it looks like on someone having a similar body to her. And I just want to point out, Rebecca Judd for the brand Jagged has done a fantastic job. If you go on her website and have a look at some of her active wear, you can view it in your potential size. So you can see it on a model that's wearing a size six to eight. You can see it on a model that's wearing like a 10 to 12. And then you can see it on a larger model that's... um you know, I think she's 18 plus maybe size, but it's fantastic because it's exactly the same item and you get to see the cut and it's basically showing that it's a good quality piece of clothing that's not going to go see through on the larger girls. Um, and it's still going to sit right because a lot of these brands like Nasty Girl and Princess Polly and all that, anything can look good. If you're a smaller size, you don't have to get away with good tailoring and good cut, but as you get a bit larger, that is where you can see if something has been designed well and tailored well. And I think it's a real testament when designers are able to showcase that and show that their clothing fits on everyone, not just the sample size. But going back to the whole discrimination uh, topic, so Lorna Jane got into a whole heap of trouble about that, which, as I said, I agree that she should have. But I think sometimes it's a really, it's a really, gray area and it's a tightrope that as employers we have to balance and it's really tricky because sometimes things are just blown out to extremes. It's like, no, you shouldn't discriminate and tell people maybe you'd be more approachable in the office if you put some lippy on doll. That is sexist. But at the same time, I don't think we should also allow people to look like they rolled out of bed and we're not able to say anything about it because we're scared that we're going to get in trouble or offend them or upset them. It needs to be a balance and it's not just for women. I know that in our office we have a certain code of what we should be 
uh, a, a code of conduct, I guess, or you know, green, grooming the uniform, as you would say, in the employer in the employee contract. And it basically just states that you should be well groomed. Your skirt shouldn't be too short. Um, you have to wear closed toe shoes for OHS reasons. Um, you know, no coloured hair that's extreme or out there perfume that isn't too strong so that it's overwhelming for anyone that might be sensitive to smell really just basic things like that we don't really go into you know severe micromanaging of what people are going to wear or do whereas I have heard situations where some of these uh, clauses are like six pages long and they even talk about what shade of lipstick they should wear if they're going to wear it I don't know I'm at mixed emotions and opinions about this because We've had guys that have come before and they were wearing just checkered short sleeve sh- uh, shirts, you know, literally like what you would see somebody wearing at a Cairns hotel during breakfast hour, which is fine. It was clean, it, it, you know, it was, it was well presented in a sense, but that's not what a business broker should wear. A business broker should be in a suit and tie. So we did have to actually pull him up on it and say, look, you're representing our company you're representing our brand, you need to dress this way. He understood it and it was a really easy conversation to have and it was like, oh, yeah, no, no problem, I'll I'll fix it up. Never happened again. But if you were to say that to a woman, I feel like there is so many little eggshells that you have to walk around because it's like you don't want to offend her, you don't want to imply that maybe she's not the right size. Like there's all this shit and it gets really exhausting because sometimes – we're just dogs with bones and I'm a woman and I'm all for women's rights like that's my whole podcast is aimed around it but I really do think that sometimes we're taking the piss I think it's okay if you're a clothing store that you want your staff to wear the clothes that you're selling and unfortunately if they don't come in the size that that staff member is I don't agree with firing them if they already started but I do agree with when you're hiring that is allowed to be one of the things that you're looking for to see that they're going to actually be able to represent your brand and wear your clothes but where do you draw the line because like I said if you are allowed to hire someone for that reason then if you do hire them and they put on a whole heap of weight and they can no longer represent your brand should you fire them. And that's where I'm torn because my answer to that is no. If they're a really good worker and they do everything right, then absolutely not. You should not be sacked for your appearance. So I don't really have the answer to it. I just think that we should be allowed to have a few more opinions and be able to voice them, even if they might not be politically correct, because everything you learn through conversation and If you have the ability to have an open and transparent relationship with your workers, I think that that's where the magic happens. I mean, I talk to my staff like they're my family and, and most of them have been with me for over 10 years and they really are like family. But I don't know. I don't know what you would do in that situation. All I do know, though, is without looking at extremes... People are just not putting in an effort and people are just using that to their advantage. You have girls, you can see during lunch break hour, 
they're all frizzy-haired, no one's wearing makeup, they're wearing leggings. Okay, they're black leggings, but they're still leggings and they're, they're not pants. I need to make a public announcement that leggings are not pants. I don't know where along the lines people have decided that they are, but they are not. And certainly not something you should be wearing at work. Leggings should be worn when you are pregnant, when you are sick in a waiting room of a hospital, when you are at home, ready to go to bed, or if you're wearing a tunic and you're wearing the leggings underneath, possibly if you're a larger girl to stop the chafing. They're the only reasons. If it's outside of those boxes, you should not be wearing leggings as pants outside. Now, when I say leggings, I don't mean active wear. I don't mean the ones that are actually active wear tights. I mean the cotton leggings, the cotton leggings that literally go see-through when you bend over and are pretty much like opaque stockings, but they are cut at the ankles and, you know, they're like pants. It's like a pant-stocking combination. They're tights. And I don't know at what point along the lines they started becoming pants, but they're not. So please, girls, just have some love for yourselves and put pants on. Put pants on or put a skirt on or a dress. Like, there are so many options, but leggings should not be one. It shows to your boss. It shows to your colleagues that you don't give a shit and it's saying that you don't care about your job. And all opinions aside about discrimination, about what's right, what's wrong, whatever, all that aside, the reality is when you don't put effort in how you dress, it shows to everybody and it's sending a message that this is not important to me and I don't give a fuck. Think about how you present yourself when you're going for a job interview. As a boss, I will tell you there is a huge contrast in how someone comes to me for a job interview and then how they look in two months' time after I've hired them. And it's almost like a sign to me. I can start telling the signs of when a staff member is getting comfortable or relaxed, let's say, with their position and um, their their whole spot in the office because they start to slowly drop their grooming and presentation. That's how you can tell that someone is relaxed. And I don't discriminate over it. If you are a good employee, if you're doing everything right, I actually don't, I don't mind. However, if you are in sales, it is really important. And there was someone on this podcast episode that I was listening to saying, oh, I am in real estate and um, I got put, uh, I got taken aside with from my boss and they basically said, you're in a position where presentation really matters and, um, you know, just put a little bit more effort in how you dress um, and, you know, try wearing some heels because she was wearing flats or whatever. I don't necessarily agree with that because heels every day, I mean, I wear heels every day, but my mum, for example, never, ever wears heels. She just cannot. They hurt her back. She can't walk in them. There are really, really nice, classic, elegant flats that you can wear 
that still make you look amazing. So I don't necessarily agree with telling someone to chuck some heels on. But I do agree in the sense that when you are in a sales position, you do have a certain standard because looks matter. I'm sorry, it's not just a girl thing. It's for men as well. Looks matter. If you go to a car yard and you're looking to buy a car and some guy with a white shirt that has yellow armpit stains smelling like BO and garlic comes to you reeking and just looking disgusting with greasy oily hair that's frizzy and not cut are you going to trust him and warm to him and want to engage in conversation with him versus someone that is in a nice clean suit well shaven well groomed smelling very fresh no Looks matter, guys, no matter which way you say it. I'm not saying looks matter in terms of you have to be a size 6, you can't be a size 18. No, it's got nothing to do with that. It's got nothing to do with how pretty you are. It's got nothing to do with what size you are. It's just got to do with grooming. And I really think that we've lost that because we're so scared of being politically correct that we don't know where to draw the line in telling someone you need to be well-groomed. We're so worried about offending people. And I don't think that that's going to change anytime soon because everyone's a bunch of snowflakes. Literally, I put something on my Instagram the other day, the Mumpreneurs Club podcast on Instagram, and it was just a spoof on um, the That's Not My books, which a lot of you would know that have kids, you know, that's not my dog. He's sleeping in his bed or whatever it might be. And it's those touchy-feely books. So I posted something that was really funny that was like, that's not my husband. He's changing nappies. That's not my husband. He's sterilizing bottles. And my con- my, my, my content in that was literally saying, based on a poll that I did the other day about hus- husbands helping with the housework, swipe for a laugh. I didn't say it was my husband. I didn't say anything about men. All these fucking dickheads were like, oh, that's disgusting. If you feel like that about your husband, maybe you need therapy. Or don't you think that that's a bit sexist? Why don't we do one saying, that's not my wife, she's quiet? Mate, if ever there was a time to see that people are retarded, Instagram has helped with that. People take everything the wrong way, which is why I get that employers are just too scared to say anything, so they're just like, bugger it, you don't want to comb your hair, don't fucking comb your hair. I don't want fair work calling me. But you yourself need to actually look at it and take a look at yourself in the mirror. It might not be something that your employer can tell you directly, like we just said, but it will play on their mind because it does send a message saying that you no longer care that much for your job. And right now, in the midst of a pandemic, where we're facing JobKeeper ending potentially in September, a lot of you need to think about whether or not your employer will be able to afford to keep you if JobKeeper wasn't there. For most of us, the answer is no. The answer is no, that you're either going to have your hours cut or you're going to be made redundant. Now, I'm not saying wearing a nice lipstick's going to change that. But what I am saying is now is your opportunity to try and leave an impression and make an effort. 
to show that you're committed so that you can stand out in your manager's mind or in your employer's mind as somebody that is committed and making effort. And unfortunately, it does start with looks because we are visual creatures and we're all superficial to an extent. We all judge a book by its cover. And it really does matter. Think about, as I said, people in your mind, when you picture someone that's successful, when you picture someone that always gets the promotions, when you picture someone that's got a really high, uh, high-powered job or position, what do they look like? Are they well-groomed? Are they in clean, well-put-together clothes? Have you ever seen a minister or a prime minister or a queen or a princess or some sort of leader come out in leggings and frizzy hair? If you were ever to see the PM of New Zealand come out to do a speech and she was in leggings and frizzy hair and um, a stained top and runners, do you think that you wouldn't notice that and go, oh, okay, she's obviously stressed, a lot going on with her? Yes, you would. Yes, you would, because it would be a contrast and you'd be like, hmm, this isn't right. You don't look like you have your shit together. How the fuck are you going to run this country? There is no difference on a smaller scale for your position. You are coming out and sending a message saying you don't have your shit together. You couldn't even brush your fucking hair in the morning. Yet I think that you can do what I need you to do. I don't know. It's tricky. And it's really just a question mark that you don't need to be bringing into your employer and your team's mind. You have to dress the part. You have to show that your job is important to you because now more than ever, the job is important. It is not a relaxed environment. You are not secure in your position. Nobody is. And as I said, it is not the be all and end all that you, are, you look well put together. It's not the be all and end all, but it's a bloody start because people will notice you and people will notice you for the right reasons. And then everything else that you do that should matter and does matter and has actual meat on the bone in terms of your contribution will be noticed. And I'm not here to argue about is that right? Is that fair? That's just how it is. If you think you're going to change the world, give it a crack. But right now, I think we're all looking at how the fuck are we going to stay employed when JobKeeper ends and the market is clearly not going to recover. And the littlest thing that you can do is actually change your behavior in terms of how you present yourself for work. Get dressed up. When you go to a wedding or when you go to a function, this is what I love. This is what I love seeing as an employer. And I've had a lot of people come and go, as as most employers do in their company. And it never ceases to amaze me that the ones that are on their way out, you can tell because, as I said before, they slowly, slowly start to give up in their appearance. And you can almost, it's like a calling card, like, yep, okay, so she's over it. Uh, or he's over it. 
And then on the weekend, you see them on Instagram or Facebook and you're like, fuck, who's that? They're almost unrecognizable because they're actually dressed nicely and they've got some makeup on and they look literally like a different person. But then you see them on Monday and they just look like they've they've won the battle against cancer. Why? Why are you showing me that this isn't important? You're literally telling your boss that paying your mortgage and paying your bills isn't important. It's like you've rocked up and said, fuck you, where's my paycheck? Doesn't work that way, guys. Think twice about it. Not saying you need to go to Max Mara and max out your credit card. Although, you know, you can do that too. I'm just saying brush your fucking hair and wash your face and wear clean clothes and leggings are not pants. For the love of God, leggings are not pants. I don't, I don't understand what's happening in the world, but we've just lost the plot and we're, we're leaving our house without looking in the mirror. Please look in the mirror. Just because somebody wore it on Instagram and edited the photo or had the perfect position to take the photo so it looks good doesn't mean in real life when you're actually walking around and moving, it looks good. And please do the test. Open your blinds. Let the sun shine through, bend over and look back in the mirror. If you can see your undies or you can see right through to pretty much what someone could see when they were doing a colonoscopy, then that is not the appropriate pants to wear. They should not be see-through. They are called stockings. You need to put something on top of them to hide that part. Because it is not okay to go outside looking like you are a ballerina in training. This isn't a Jane Fonda aerobics movie. You actually need to be a little bit mindful about that. Just because something comes in your size doesn't necessarily mean that you need to wear it. Companies are trying to be politically correct, so they're making little denim short shorts in a range of sizes. They don't give a fuck. They just want to sell, so they'll, they'll make it. But my opinion, if you are plus size, do not wear tight little denim shorts. If you are anyone other than Giselle Bunchkin, do not wear leggings as pants. They are not pants. Some things to remember, guys, because... We're in a world of snowflakes where everyone gets offended, everyone has a fucking cry, and none of us can actually say the truth. So when someone turns around and says, do I look good in this? You're just like, fuck it, yeah, you do. Because God forbid you say, mate, those pants look like pig fat that is wrapped around deli meat, and you look like you should be hanging from the Italian deli on a hook like a salami. You can't say that anymore. You're not allowed. So remember that when you ask for people's opinion and just look in the mirror and be true to yourself. Don't hate yourself. This isn't about not loving yourself, but it's about what I always say, own your shit. We don't all look good in everything and that is okay, but dress for your body and dress appropriately. And for God's sake, brush your hair tomorrow when you go to work. It's the simple little things, but they make a big change. That's all for me, guys. Have a good day. And don't forget, love yourself and own your shit. You have to be true to yourselves. Thanks, guys. Bye.